Well, welcome to winter on our back porch. <laughs> We're just gonna tell you right now, it's a little chilly out here, uh, but we are happy to be here with you. Um, again, as we often ask, if you are watching this on Facebook, would you take a moment to like and share this video? And if you're listening via podcast, would you subscribe to that? That truly helps us to share the message of uh, Freedom Prayer Ministry and Prayer from the Back Porch. So thank you so much for doing that. Um, we want you to know that we are coming today uh, really just with burdened hearts uh, for all that has been taking place in the past week in our nation. And we want you to know that we are praying with even greater intensity for our nation. And we ask that you would join us in that. We are living in unprecedented times. And as I read that again today, I thought, I'm really tired of that word because that's been a word for 2020 that has carried over into 2021. But that's okay because God is bigger than unprecedented. And so we are living in unprecedented times in a country unsettled uh, with a virus that seems to be roaming all around us. And our hearts and souls are seeking refuge. Uh, so many of us are just tired from all that is going on. But praise God that we can find that refuge in His Word and in the power and strength of His Holy Spirit. Um, we have spoken often of the sovereignty of God over time on these episodes, but we are praying today that you will feel the power and the security of knowing in your head and believing in your heart that our God is sovereign. That's so true. Listen to this passage of scripture from Psalm 11 verses one through four, and it's in the Living Bible translation. It says, how dare you tell me flee to the mountains for safety when I am trusting in the Lord? For the wicked have strung their bows, drawn their arrows, tied against the bowstrings and aimed from ambush at the people of God. Law and order have collapsed, we are told. What can the righteous do but flee? But the Lord is still in his holy temple. He still rules from heaven. He closely watches everything that happens here on earth. Praise God. He is still in his holy temple. He is sitting on his throne and he is ruling from heaven. And most importantly, he is watching everything that is going on here on earth. Nothing has caught him by surprise. Today, we're going to begin a, a series based on the book, Pursue the Intentional Life by Jean Fleming. That book is available on Amazon if you want to purchase that and join us uh, as we uh, cover the next two or three weeks in this book. But it is not a coincidence that we are sharing truths from this book at this time, because never has there been a time when we need to be more aware of how we live each moment of our life with great intention to be passionate Christ followers. So would you pray with us? Oh Lord God most high, thank you for your word that reminds us of who you are, because knowing who you are should empower us to stand strong without fear against the antics of evil, the attacks of Satan on our nation and on the body of Christ, and the division that it has brought at all turns. But you, Lord, 
know all things. And we pray today that we may find our security in you alone. Father, we pray that as Christ followers, we will put on the full armor that you designed for us to enable us to stand firm in the world, to be shining lights of your grace and love to those who don't know you, and to be world changers, people who will speak truth and love, who will love our neighbors, who will live by the example Jesus set for us, in humility, considering the interests of others above ourselves, in pouring out grace where grace is needed. We love you, Lord, we trust you, and we give ourselves over to you to be used by you and for you. In the powerful name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. So pursue the intentional life. What does that really mean? Well, to pursue means to go after or chase down. And to be intentional is to be deliberate or purposeful. So when you put all of those words together, they imply a strength and a determination to deliberately chase down whatever it is we are passionate about. Personally, reading this book um, was a spiritual turning point for me. It caused me to come face to face with, with my own mortality, looking to the end and wondering if I would finish well, and then taking me to truly to a place of deep reflection. And that's what it did for me. And I was much younger when I read this book the first time. This book is timeless. It's for all ages. In fact, I really wish that I had read this book in my 30s. It's one of my favorite authors, Linda Dillow, says this about the book. Do you want a book that is not so much a teaching book as it is a searching asking walk with me book that encourages you to ponder life then this book is for you so i hope you're ready for some pondering my personal observation is that we live our lives so fast-paced and hurried that we have little to no time for reflection and reflection is really vital to our journey with the lord taking time to give serious thought to who we are, where we're headed, in prayer and, and, and in meditation, allowing the Lord to show us how we need to be using our time and energy and resources and gifts. But most, most of us take no time to look deeply into our souls and, and some may even avoid the practice of reflection. So as we give you some small glimpses of this book, we pray that you will read the book and that it will make you think deeply and creating you a hunger for God and a desire for a deeper, more intimate relationship with Him. So chapter one is titled, Take a Walk With Me, Asking Two Big Questions. And Jean shares that on her 50th birthday, she took a long walk with the Lord and found herself asking two important questions. What kind of older person am I going to become? And how do you want me to think about whatever is left of my life, whether it be long or short? She says, I didn't have any great aspirations for that walk. I just didn't want to back into whatever was left of the rest of my life. Asking questions like this is a good practice, uh, not just for 50-year-olds, because no, not one of us know how long our lives are going to be or when they will end. 
So in writing the first question, Jean tells us that she desired to move into the next years of her life with vigor and focus. She was afraid of becoming a grouchy old person. (laughs) (laughs) So without some kind of intentional effort on our part to change, by the age of 30, 40, definitely 50, we've already planted the seeds of the type of old people we're going to be. So if you're grumpy at 40, you're probably going to be grumpy at 70. In fact, if left unchecked, the weaknesses that we see in ourselves now will likely intensify as we get older. So you'll be even more grumpy. (laughs) Okay, then. But that's not how it has to be. Mm -hmm. Uh, Living with intention to become more like Jesus is what it takes. Uh, And as I said earlier, we live in a chaotic world and in a life where there is no intention, then there are things that can dilute our lives. Mm -hmm. And in that, we become more comfortable with a mediocre relationship in our journey with Jesus. I hope that settles on you. We should never be comfortable Mm -hmm. with mediocrity. And then, of course, that leads to we never become who God has meant to us to be, who he designed us to be, who we were called and equipped to be. And I can tell you that I want whatever is left of my life to really matter. I want it to look like the blueprint that God created for me before I was born. And that thought just takes us straight back to Psalm 139 and those beautiful passages. And I'm reading verses 13 through 16. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion and as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born and every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. We can be confident that God has a plan for us. We can be confident that he knows what's best for us. We we can be confident of that because his word tells us that. But when we we start stepping away from seeking God's plans, often it's because we begin to make excuses, excuses for our sin, Mm -hmm. excuses for our weaknesses, Mm -hmm. and even excuses for our lack of intentionality. So perhaps you grew up with angry parents and you just assume that's how you're going to be. Or maybe you were a victim of abuse or neglect or rejection. Those things impact us. They leave wounds. But Jesus came to bring healing to those wounds and then to empower us through the gift of his Holy Spirit that lives in us to live a life that is pleasing to him. He knows every hard thing that has happened and that has touched your life. And his desire is that you will invite him into those places, into those wounds, and allow him to heal them and everything, every effect that this sinful world has left on you. Let's pray. Father, only you know the number of our days. Only you know our deepest hurts and wounds. And only you know the plans you have for us. 
May we first turn to you for healing and wholeness. And then may we allow our roots to grow down deeply into you, letting our lives be built on the firm foundation of Jesus. Your word tells us that when we do that, our faith will grow strong in your truth and we will overflow with thankfulness. That is who I want to be. I pray that we will have a desire to give our remaining days to you, to allow them to be days of seeking you, learning from you, and then sharing all of, all of that with others. That is what really matters. May it be so, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. In our last episode, we read the scripture, Psalm 912, that says, Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. And the New Living Translation puts it this way, teach us to realize the brevity of life so that we may grow in wisdom. The scripture is telling us that when we are intentional with our time, recognizing that our days are numbered, we will be working toward a full heart of wisdom. This is a secret to gaining wisdom, intentionality. Why? would we be gaining wisdom? We'd be gaining wisdom because our focus would tend to be on the Lord and on His Word. So, have you ever experienced a time when someone you knew died at a very young age? And do you recall the impact that had on you? When we were in our late 20s, we had four small children. I remembered my first experience of staring down my own mortality. That's painful because you come out of those teenage naive years of thinking we're all going to live forever and suddenly your world is shattered. And I was devastated and even fearful when a good friend of ours who was also our age in mid to late 20s was killed by a drunk driver on her way to an event at Houston Baptist University. She was a vibrant, beautiful young woman. She was a wife to a husband they had, um, who was a student minister. They had an awesome ministry to students. She was a mom to a little girl and a, with another child on the way. She was the most amazingly gifted pianist. And so that took me to this question, Lord, why? She was serving you, Lord. She was a wife. She was a mom. She had so much left to contribute to your kingdom. Why? Well, we all know there are no answers to that because God's ways are higher than our ways. But that really all centered on my greatest fear. My greatest fear when my children were young was that I would die and leave them without, without a mother. And when my friend was tragically taken from her family, those fears became realized in me and had to be dealt with. So it is in those times that we face the reality that we are going to die. I'm not trying to be morbid, it is a fact. We are going to die and whether we die young or old, the Lord has already gone before us. He has already planned and prepared for those that we will leave behind. So knowing this fact, the fact that we are going to die, 
should make us want to use the rest of our days for Jesus, planning in advance for the ways that we could serve him. There is always value in being intentional. It doesn't matter whether you're at my stage of life now or at Tanya's stage of life or whether you're 20 years old. Being intentional is always valuable. It begins with time management. Ouch. <laughs> yes. Yeah. We're all given 24 hours in a day, which comes out to 1,444 minutes. And in that time, we have to spend time with the Lord and the Word and prayer. We have to take care of our homes, take care of our families. We have to make sure we eat right and exercise. We have to go to work if you have a job. And then we also have to make sure we get a good night's sleep. That's a lot of things. And maybe you felt your blood, blood pressure rise a little or your chest kind of tighten up as I was listing all of those things. Uh, but that's not our intention. Our intention is to all together discover and put into practice good time management skills. Uh, we recognize that not one day is going to be perfect. Right. <laughs> maybe one, the first one, maybe. <laughs> um, but when we do have a plan, when we are intentional, we come a lot closer to doing the things that are important to us mm -hmm. um, because we've set that as our intention and our goal. So where do we begin? Obviously, we're going to begin with our relationship with God and trying to understand what he has planned for us because that's the most important thing in our lives, especially as Christ followers. So instead of trying to squeeze God into whatever leftover minutes you have at the end of your day, Create space for God first. When you plan your week, however you plan your week, start by blocking off time to be with the Lord, mm -hmm. time to spend with Him and um, seeking Him. You will just be amazed at the difference that that makes mm -hmm. in your life. So let's back up and to what Tanya said earlier. None of us are perfect. Mm -hmm. we're, we're going to have very few of any perfect days. Uh, all of us have a tendency to get sucked into life. A life that says yes way too often, perhaps a life without boundaries. And then we're trying to squeeze in the big things, the things that we call important into those leftover minutes, as Tanya was saying, it's backwards. Mm -hmm. So we start with the big things and see what is left. Uh, not vice versa. Start with the big things and then take a really serious look at what is left in your, in your time and ask the Lord to show you how you are to use that time and energy in other ways. Uh, Jean shares in chapter four of this book that her verse for the year in 2009 was Philippians 1 verse 20. And it says, Paul is saying, for I live in eager expectation and hope that I will never do anything that will cause me to be ashamed of myself, but that I will always be ready to speak out boldly for Christ. What a great life verse. Jean was energized by the phrase, I live in eager expectation and hope, and it became her life goal. She says this, every life creates an atmosphere. The air around some people is charged with rage. The air crackles, stretched taunt, waiting for lightning to strike. Another person, another atmosphere. Anxiety and tension, or fearfulness and excessive caution, or recklessness and indifference. 
She goes on to say, what would it be like to live in an atmosphere of earnestness and exhilaration, mm -hmm. of enthusiasm and gameness, of anticipation and readiness? What atmosphere will color the rest of my life mm -hmm. while I live in eager expectation and hope or in something else? In apathy, in fear, in confusion, in anxiety, in hesitancy, in dread? Will my life be empowered and set aglow by unfading hope or drained away by parasites? Jean's intention is to live with cheerful courage, to live like Paul, buoyed by Christ's life in her, full of eager expectation and hope. We would do well to consider that as our goal for living an intentional life for Christ. Let's pray. Father, you are a God of order and preparation. We see evidence of that over and over in Scripture. Would you now guide us by your Spirit to make wise preparation for our life in you? By your grace and mercy, lead us so that we can finish our life trusting and growing in you. Grace us with courage to speak boldly of your truth, to live in strong, cheerful courage, trusting you to uphold us and carry us through, draws into sweet communion with you, into a deeper knowledge and experience of you, coming to understand who you really are. Whatever our future holds, keep us from fear and pour out your blessing for each of us to live for your glory and the advancement of your kingdom. None of this is possible apart from your empowering and sustaining grace. May our intention always be to bring you glory. In the powerful name of Jesus, we pray these things. Amen. Amen. Well, each week, we're going to ask you to consider what things going on around you make you smile. That's become a, a, a practice of mine. Just looking at my day and kind of documenting in my planner, what made me smile today? So we would love it if you would share a couple of those in the comments on Facebook, or you can email us at freedomprayer at magnoliasfirst.org. Um, we would love to hear what you find that makes you smile and brings you joy. So we also each week are going to share with you a couple of things that make us smile. This week, this past week, um, my sister was here and I was able to hear her grandsons, my nephew's boys, giggling on FaceTime. <laughs> Nothing beats the laughter of toddlers. But I also smile when my husband and I are able to have coffee together in the early morning hours. That just brings me joy. Sweet, very sweet. So this week, what made me smile was getting to witness my friend getting married and just to see the love between her and her her new husband and it reminded me of my wedding, but also just I'm excited to see um, how God is gonna use them in their life together. So it was really a blessing to get to be a part of that. We would also love for you to share with us your word of the year. And um, thank you for those who have shared it already. But again, you can share here in the comments. You can email us at that freedom prayer at magnoliasfirst.org. But when you share your word, it first of all makes you accountable to live out that word for the year. But also then you have a community of people who can come alongside you and encourage you um, as you're trying to do that, as you're trying to live in your word for this year. So um, do that. Share your word with us. Mm -hmm. All right. We, got, we hope that you guys have a blessed week.